The GRBJ Podcast is brought to you by Seven Monks Grand Rapids, worldwide craft beer, locally crafted cuisine, located at the new 616 Lofts Building at 740 Michigan Street. This is the GRBJ Podcast, and I'm not Tim Gortzma. <laughs> but the rest of us are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pat Evans, actually. And today's guest is, yeah, you. No. Wait, what? No. Oh, I know, this is like our own version of Mythbusters today. Or Inception. Ooh, even better. Because in my head, as we were recording this, I just saw you switching <laughs> chairs. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no. Our listeners are probably they're really confused. confused right now. Yeah. So tell them who's here. Tim Gortzma. And it's not you because you're already here. Not me. You're right. Well, yeah. then who would it be? The president of the Grand Rapids Griffins. What? I thought those were the same people. Nope. Wait, you are the person. <laughs> this is. Oh. Who's on first? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Abbott. <laughs> anyway, Tim Gortzma's here. And I mean, it was fun because. I had two Tim Gortzmas in the same room. I don't get that much. Even you couldn't blow the name on today's, could you? I couldn't. Nope. So anyway, let's go into that interview. <laughs> Tim, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I guess the first thing I want to talk about is, are you still riding high from the from the win this year? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, 2013, when we won our first Calder Cup in Syracuse, was pretty special to me. Obviously, your first championship. But to be able to win it at home this past year uh, in front of that crowd, that environment, friends and family all there to be able to uh, take in it, um, it was crazy. It was unbelievable. With two wins in recent history, has there been a noticeable surge in fans or no? I would say so. You know, really, uh, 2013, I think, put our team on the map from uh, – just playoff hockey. Playoff hockey, in my opinion, is always the best hockey of the year. It's the most intense, the uh, highest packed action, et cetera. It's do or die. But historically, teams struggle in the playoffs just from an attendance standpoint. In, in 2013, with our run all the way through the finals and, and winning a championship, I think it got a lot of people excited about playoff hockey and what it is and exposed to it. And ever since then, um, playoff hockey has been easier for us to sell. It's still, it's still a process, but... Um, now with a couple championships in four years, um, I think we've truly, I think, established our team as a championship caliber hockey team. And don't uh, the Griffins have quite the reputation on the inside, on on the the sales side? I mean, you guys have won a bunch of awards. Yeah, for that. from the from the business perspective, I mean, obviously we we certainly within the league compete on the ice, but we also compete off the ice. But uh, we've been blessed that we've got a great staff. We've got a lot of staff that have been with us. Uh, Gosh, we probably have a dozen staff that have been there a decade or longer. So uh, a really good crew that know what they're doing, talented at their jobs, and that pays dividends uh, off the ice in terms of ticket sales, in terms of sponsorship sales, in terms of what we do within the community, a lot of our uh, CR initiatives, et cetera. So, um, yeah, we've been blessed to have been recognized by the league um, several times for different yeah. awards. Yeah, it, it – um Take us back a little bit from when you started to <laughs> what the business relationship has been in town. I know when you're always the new kid on the block, yep. it's, I'm sure, difficult. No question. And now you're 
established, like firmly rooted in the community. Sure. What, what's that relationship? Well, and it's it's not like it's easy now. It's still <laughs> it's still go through go through that process. But um, you know, I tell people all the time one one way to mark time is with your kids. Mm-hmm. So uh, this. Friday, uh, we'll move our second child into Hope College. So I have two in college and, and one in high school. And all of my kids have been born since I've been at this job. So that's pretty remarkable. So this is the only job that the, that my kids have ever known dad to have. Sure. So I think back, I started October in 95. It'll be 22 years this fall. And started a year before we dropped the puck for the first time and was involved with really just everything from setting up a hockey team, setting up a business organization, hiring all the staff, defining process and procedures, et cetera. And then being a part of that first puck drop, October 11, 1996, and just seeing the excitement, the resurgence, and the return of hockey to Grand Rapids. And then now, 20 plus years later, seeing that we're still going strong, drawing well, well respected in the community. Uh, it's a fun product. I think it's a um, a product that helps helps make Grand Rapids great. Um, so it's fun to be a part of that process. Yeah. Well, and you know, plus the affiliation with the Red Wings. I mean, that's that's got to help for all hockey fans. Yeah, no question. So our first three years, International Hockey League, uh, independent team, not affiliated with anybody. Uh, then we had, I think, three years of being affiliated with the Ottawa Senators, great hockey organization. We had some really talented teams. Uh, what we had, though, is when guys got called up to the NHL, called up to Ottawa, it's like they fell off the face of the earth. Right. It was kind of out of sight, out of mind. And so this would have just finished our 15th year of being affiliated with the Detroit Red Wings, which coincided to when we switched over to the American Hockey League. And what we've gained is that visibility. So when guys get called up to Detroit and they play in Grand Rapids on a Tuesday and Detroit on a Wednesday, fans tune in to Fox Sports Detroit and they see the guys that played yeah. played with us the night before. And now over the years, we probably had 150 plus players get called up to the mm-hmm. NHL. You look at Detroit's coaching staff, they're all guys that came through GR. Uh, and we take a lot of satisfaction in seeing the success of our alumni into the NHL. The GRBJ Podcast is brought to you by Seven Monks Grand Rapids, worldwide craft beer, locally crafted cuisine, located at the new 616 Lofts Building at 740 Michigan Street. So I want to talk about Grand Rapids now. Sure. Because when I talk about or try to explain how downtown's changed, I'll say when I was a kid, the only reason to go downtown was go to a Griffins game. Now, before that, there was nothing for sure. me. To, I wasn't alive. Anyway, so, <laughs> but... Um, now there's all sorts of reasons to go downtown. No question. Have you seen fan attendance kind of coincide with that outside of just having a more established hockey or brand? Do you, do you have to fight harder to get yeah, people to come? Yeah, because they're going down to party. Um, I, I don't know that we have to fight harder. I think you know more is more. So the fact that there are more people living, um, attending social events, bars, restaurants, et cetera, downtown. I think that's a, that's a benefit for us. Rising tide raises all boats. Um, so, gosh, I mean, predates your time. But <laughs> when I first started working downtown, I mean, they talked about roll up the streets right. Friday at 5 o'clock because it kind of cleared out. Right. right. So to be a part of this team and this arena that once it's built and seeing the catalyst that it's been for other development – restaurants, bars, but specifically housing, people living downtown and making this their core community. And then just the resurgence of 
excitement around Grand Rapids for, you know, things to do and fun activities, et cetera. Awesome. Right. I didn't even think about that with Arena Place and the venue tower right there now. You've got, what is that, about 200 apartment units right next to you? No question. And, and, you know, that whole kind of quarter south, the south side of downtown was kind of dilapidated, falling down buildings. And now it's it's become an entertainment district. Mm-hmm. Well, you had the downtown market, you know, to the mix down there, and yeah, there are there are there are a lot of things going on, and and you know, I think that's kind of what Pat and I were alluding to is how how things have changed, you know, and you know, you're you're talking about the kids, and you know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, I remember the little little yeah, kids, sure. and they're now college age, and um, you know, I I think is in in essence really a fairly short amount of time in terms of years sure but i feel that the change has been exponential no question i I mean those of us who have been born here were raised here still live here still do work here i think sometimes we're immune to actually realizing how much change has occurred yeah, I mean, kind of taking the kids' example, you see your kids every day, so you don't realize yeah. that they're getting bigger, et cetera. Then you go to a family reunion, and someone hasn't seen your kids in a year or two years, and they're <laughs> like, holy cow, yeah. you shot up a foot. <laughs> but when you're around it daily, you don't necessarily notice right. that to the same level as potentially, and we see this, boomerang people, people that graduate, go away somewhere else to work, et cetera, come back to Grand Rapids after having been gone for a period, and they're like, wow. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. There's a lot going on here. There's a great kind of activity and a buzz about the community. There's the whole craft beer influence around Grand Rapids. There's fun things to do. Probably almost questioning, why did I ever leave? Because this is pretty great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you had told me 10 years ago that Grand Rapids would have been named Beer City USA, I would have laughed in your sure. face. I mean, it doesn't, it seems like it flies in the face of the conservative oh, right, absolutely. nature of Grand Rapids, et cetera. But, it's been awesome. Yeah. yeah. Worked well. Now, I mean, I guess the Whitecaps are first, yep, right? they were. But, yep. I mean, now we've got a whole minor league ecosystem that yep. I think is pretty cool. To oh, be yeah. No question. Just go to any sort of game I want. But then now we've got all the West Michigan Sports Commission and, you know, amateur, amateur sports. I mean, does that, do you see any effect of that kind of growing? Well, I think, um, you know, for any sports, professional sports, you want to grow from the ground up. So you want to grow up, you know, from the kids. You want to connect to the kids and then uh, have them develop as fans and then keep them as fans as they grow into young adults and families, et cetera. And for us now, 20-plus years into, prof- you know, professional hockey, into Griffin's hockey, it's fun and it's interesting because we're seeing the next wave. We're seeing the next generation. We're seeing kids that came to games with their parents when they're little. Now they're either becoming parents or becoming, you know, young couples, et cetera, and they're coming back on their own. So we're already into phase two from our perspective with our product. Will we ever be a will we ever be a major league town? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I think it's possible. You got to get the right product here uh certainly you'd have a venue requirement you need a mm-hmm. bigger bigger venue um you'd need to get uh significant corporate support and we get great sponsorship support 
now, but that's a whole nother level in terms of packages and pricing, et cetera. Um, I think it's possible. I think at least in the short-term future, we found our niche, which is high level, you know, one tier below the, mm-hmm. the big four, if you will. Um, that seems to be our sweet spot. And even with the arenas, they look at future projects and enhancements, et cetera. So that building was built. It's a, it's a um, horseshoe-shaped product, but it was built with a capacity to kind of complete the oval, complete right. the racetrack. Right. In reality, I don't think that will necessarily ever happen because for us, it's a right-sized building. Mm-hmm. 11,000 seats for hockey, that's about the right size. We're going to sell out half a dozen games a year. It's good to have you know capacity constraints from a, a sales perspective. Um, so I, you know, I don't think that we we certainly wouldn't be pushing, and the building probably wouldn't be pushing because, on their standpoint, completing the racetrack, completing the oval, a lot of times that becomes unusable seats anyway, based on this on the staging setup. How well do the minor league teams cooperate and play together? <laughs> so within our community, yeah. yeah, I would say great. So like we've got great relationships with the Whitecaps, respect the heck out of those guys, and they run a tremendous organization and. Um, Lou Chamberlain, who's you know chair of that organization, he sits on the board for the CAAs, which right. is our kind of governing body. Um, but you know, from Jim Jarecki to some of the different guys that are over there, guys and gals that are part of that crew, they do a tremendous job. Um, we try to collaborate with them, recognizing that our seasons are complementary. So um, we're in the winter; we're a wintertime sport. They're a summertime sport, and if we can do something to help them drive business. We just brought a bunch of season ticket holders out to their game probably a few weeks ago. So, you know, we're, we've got a great relationship with those guys. Uh, similarly with the drive, um, we play during the same season. Uh, however, I think we largely hit different demographics in terms of yeah. fan bases. So if we can assist those guys or help those guys, we're all for it. Would it help to have another one downtown, whether it's one of those two? I mean, not that we're moving a baseball stadium downtown. Yeah. Yeah. But, or a soccer team, if there's a stadium in the works somewhere. I I think there's something special about coming downtown for a sports event and kind of being a part of that city core. Uh, Biggest challenge that you have comparatively downtown versus the suburbs is potentially ease of access and then parking. I mean, your parking is going to be a premium, so... From a fan perspective, you're going to be paying more money probably to park. Right. But uh, to answer your question, I think it'd be great to have another franchise downtown just because I think it's good for the community and good for the city core. Well, I do have to ask. Of course. (laughs) But do you guys ever get confused for each other? Well, (laughs) aside from the obvious... uh, you know, physical similarities between the two of us, <laughs> which are not many. <laughs> um, I've gotten emails before uh, intended for Tim, and I'm sure maybe he has the same. And as we both kind of worked in and around this community for, gosh, for me, 25 plus years, and for you more than that. Yep. Um, I'm sure within our networks, within our contact bases, we've got a lot of overlap. So you, you get some of that where someone intends right. to send an email to Tim Gortzman. It's the wrong Tim Gortzman. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I plugged this into my calendar today, I 
had put your name with, with Pat Evans and Tim Gordsman times two because, <laughs> because I knew we would both be here. Uh, I think back to high school from the area, uh, graduated from Jensen High School. And when I was in high school, Tim was at Hope College, which, so I was able to take credit for several articles <laughs> when I was in high school as a precocious youth. You know, I was I yeah. playing sports and, and trying to do well in school, but I was writing for the, for the yeah, local paper. Good. Absolutely. And getting extra credit for it. <laughs> sure, and, why not? And... Tim, I should also say Tim did not tell me this until after he graduated from Hope College, how he got some very nice English grades, and uh, I was glad the teachers at Jenison like my stuff. Sure, and uh, I, you know, it's it's hilarious. Yeah, we we run into things, and I I can still think of many instances. I'm sure the people over at ZZM thirteen <laughs> think that we're one and the same person. Yeah, I mean, there's no question Haven't you about it. Emails before that are like, "Good luck tonight." Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> I, from people say, you know, good luck tonight and, uh, you know, hope the Griffins win. I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> do you reply and just say thank you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just let yeah, it ride. Fight it. Kind yeah, of. absolutely. Embrace uh, it. You know, people on LinkedIn are, uh, you know, getting connected with me, hoping it's you, and yeah. then I'll I'll connect <laughs> with them. Because, I, I, you know, I connect with anybody from Grand Rapids. I, you know, that's fine. Sure. And, um, you know, then they start sending me notes. Hey, you know, telling me about their kids and sure. all this other stuff. And yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, I don't know you. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> So it must be the other Tim that you're yes, friends with. Sure. And so those I don't respond to. So, yeah. you know, just you know, we have to keep some semblance Absolutely. of order here. Yeah. But, uh, well, I've never confused you guys. Well, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say for me, first time in your office here today, which is somewhat ironic because I'm on the staff list. Yeah, I've never been true. in the office. <laughs> Well, I I brought, I brought a present for you today. All right. Uh -oh. Is it a business card with my name on it? Yep, it is. <laughs> it is. I don't know what good this will do you. And and I have refrained from showing up at the arena and flashing my license and trying to get free beer. Um, yeah. But I'll pass you on some business cards. Awesome. Feel free to host so those. And yeah. We can perpetuate the myth. And um, it's funny, Scott <laughs> Scott Miller, our circulation manager, uh, Tim. Tim supports a lot of our events. He comes uh, to 40 Under 40 and, and you know, top women-owned businesses. And, you know, just comes out and hangs out. And invariably, we see each other and, and we'll stand there. And Scott Miller came up, was it, I don't know, maybe two years ago at one of our events. And he had a look on his face and he was, are you guys allowed to be seen with each other? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> because that's, I'm not sure that's allowed. And then he went and took a picture of us yeah, you know, standing yeah. there. Body double. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is fun. Yeah. Thanks thank so you. much for joining us. Absolutely. Yep. Pleasure to do it. Well, Tim, that was Tim. Yes, I am familiar with him. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I probably should put out in, in full disclosure not only do we share the same name, but we also share familial lineage. He and I are cousins. That's so cool. So yeah, it was a little family reunion that I could facilitate. Yep. Yep. Nice. And it was fun. We got to learn all about the Griffins and how Grand Rapids has changed during his time as kid's life. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, the Griffins start their season on October 6th. So it's coming up right around the corner. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sure a ton of people will go check out games. I'm sure they will. And we wish them well once again. One of the pillars of our community. Well, this podcast was brought to you by Seven Monks. For this week's news, pick up Monday's print edition and visit grbj.com every day. <laughs>